This is your friendly neighborhood author, Jonathan, and you are listening to Season 4 of the Floor Rejects Podcast, The Wells House Phenomenon. Hi there, welcome back to the Floor Rejects podcast. Quick recap of last week, um, we saw more flashes of Thomas and Lila and Warren and Edward's life together, um, how it was going to be cohesively. Um, We got a little bit of a glimpse in previous chapters of what had kind of happened to Warren and what was happening and who knew what, basically. not really much else. Um, there's, <laughs> it was a lot of sex in that chapter. There was, it was kind of a, a beautiful vignette to compare to the horror of what Warren is living in actuality, but he doesn't know it yet. Um, so that's what we had last week. This week we're picking up there. Um, not going to spoil it. If you're watching this, no, you're not. Yes, I did shave my head in a bout of mania um, and dye my beard. So that's what we're dealing with. Don't mind it. Also, forgive me if you can hear the rain and the thunder and the clicking in the background. It's raining. There's nothing I can do about that, but still had to get this out there. So let's get into chapter 23. Chapter 23. Lights. When Warren reaches the barn, he doesn't find anything different or particularly suspicious, and he sneaks in, hustling through the darkness to the trailer, hurling himself in before he even looks around and sees Thomas, who wasn't there when he did search the trailer. He huffs, already growing despondent, knowing his friend was in trouble, when he senses someone behind him. He spins. There before him stood his grandfather, the grizzled, stooped old man he had known his whole life. Warren stands stock still for a moment, confused and suspicious, but when the old man laughs, Warren feels tears spring to his eyes. He rushes the man, who he can hear laugh, but Warren phases right through him, only the smell of his cologne left when he hits the opposite wall. When Warren turns, expecting to have seen only a hallucination, his grandfather is there, smiling sadly. Little too eager, my boy. I may look normal, but I'm still just... this... He gestures with his hand, phasing it through a cabinet. Warren sags against the wall. How are you? Where have... How? He asks, and again his grandfather chuckles. Well, I've been around watching you, but it's awfully hard to do so with that horrible creature in the house. She makes it impossible to get near you. That's why I always snuck into the bathroom or the barn. It was the only time you were alone. As for how I look like me again... Well, that's just the shroud being lifted. I just look the way I did in life instead of a blob, Bart explains, and Warren nods, absorbing this while already asking his next question. And what have you seen? Warren asks, and Barty smiles. Nothing you wouldn't want me to see. Like I said, I can't get near you if the two of them are nearby. They would, um, get rid of me, he says, and Warren asks how he's still here after all. Not sure, Warren. I I know that I died, but I just woke up on top of my grave. I went back to the house to ask Lila what was happening, but I caught her talking to Thomas, and from what I heard, I hid. 
Only bit by bit did I gather what they were going to do to me, to us, and I gathered that I couldn't let them see me or else I would disappear. So I stuck around, and then you showed up. At first I couldn't tell you anything or else you would be in more danger, but I knew I had to try after a while, Bart explains, his body glowing dimly in the trailer. As Warren opens his mouth to ask another question, the door to it creaks open, and for a split second he's petrified. Thomas steps through the door, looking between Warren and his grandfather. What is everyone looking at? He asks, stepping up into the shaking structure. Barty shimmers, walking towards Warren, who's looking at him in fear, seeing his grandfather being ripped away. It's okay, Warren. Thomas isn't going to tell his mother, Bart says, and Thomas nods, sitting across from the related pair. Yeah, don't worry. I'm still on your side, Warren. We're both here to get you out, Thomas says, and Warren slides down slowly across from Thomas. How? How am I supposed to get out now? It's not like they'll let me leave, Warren asks. The other men look to each other. You still can. They can't stop you. The issue is how to get you out on your own volition. Any plan we make here will fade when you wake up, Thomas says, but Barty lights up. What if you end up with a family emergency? he asks, and Warren looks at him confused. No, no, he's right, but how? Thomas asks. What if you told me there was an emergency? Maybe if someone were to call the house? Warren suggests. Thomas shakes his head. They would know I was lying, he says. Warren makes a small, disconcerted sound. What if I got hurt? Warren asks, his head swirling. Both men leap towards him. No! No! They shout in unison. Seriously, I I think that would get me out of here. Not too bad, just a broken arm or something. It's not like we can leave notes for me or restore my memories, so we take away the choice, Warren suggests, his eyes watering as he imagines the ways he would have to hurt himself. Warren, son, you cannot do that. I, I won't let you, Bartholomew says, and Warren smiles sadly. You're a ghost, Grandpa. What can you do? Warren asks. And Bart huffs, crossing his ghostly arms. I won't let you, Thomas says quietly. Thomas, I don't have a choice. I don't want to be a breeder for the devil, and I won't pass this on to another family, Warren says, and Thomas leans back, scrubbing his face. There has to be another way, he says, and Bart leans over Warren. You know what? You're right, my boy. He says, and Warren smiles as the cologne wafts over him before he remembers what he suggested. Well, it's not like he could do it on his own, and I I, I can't, Thomas tells Bart, who contemplates for a moment. I hate that I would suggest this, but how about a trap? He asks, and Thomas thinks about it for a moment. What do you suggest? He asks back. How about faulty chair? No, too simple. Faulty brakes on the truck no too dangerous um how about he falls from the window he says and warren shivers that could work as long as he doesn't hit his head thomas says how about from the barn loft maybe i fall into the truck warren asks thomas nods cautiously why don't we do it now just get it over with bart asks I would just wake up with a broken arm, but I wouldn't know it was broken. It has to happen while one of them is around. Then they can get me to the gate, at least, Warren says, and Bart nods. So how do we get me up there? 
and then back down without suspicion. Warren asks, and Thomas raises a finger. I know I'm supposed to take my casts off in three days, according to Mother, and I am healed up from the stabbing. I'll just join you and Edward out here. I'll lure you up there and make sure you fall as safely as possible, Thomas says. Warren agrees, nervous but resolved to save himself, the next family that would be victims, and his own, whether they deserved it or not. He can feel himself waking up, and his grandfather smiles, waving sadly as he fades out, and Warren and Thomas are left alone. Thomas draws closer to Warren, taking his hand tentatively. I know there are some loose ends to tie up, but when the time comes, I'll make sure you're okay, Warren. I promise, he says, and he's so earnest that Warren can feel a tug in his chest like he felt when he looked at Edward as a zombie. I know you will, Thomas, but who will look out for you? Warren asks as black smoke swirls in the cabin of the trailer through an open window. I don't know, he says, disappearing in a cloud as the dream echoes shut. As Warren stirs, he has a profound headache, his eyes burning as he wakes. Edward pulls him close, kissing his neck and stroking his hair. Warren smiles, rolling over to nuzzle in his chest. Good morning, he murmurs, and Edward hums, his body vibrating. It is a good morning, Warren, my sweet... Edward says, sliding out of bed quietly after a while, slipping out the door to his own quarters. Warren is surprised when he sits down at the breakfast table and finds a letter addressed to him. When he opens it, he figures out it was the settlement for his jeep. He reads with a strange mix of anger and dread while he realizes his claim had been denied. He begins to boil quietly as Lila scoops his breakfast in front of him, and he reads the notes from the adjuster. Vehicle totaled under suspicious circumstances. Vehicle moved. No reported storms in area. Insured claimed to live in an abandoned, collapsing structure. Insured appears to be under some duress. Cannot confirm claim details. The note read, and Warren, in his confusion, spills his cup of coffee on the letter. Shit, he hisses. Let me get that, Lila says, rushing over as Warren tries to salvage the paper. Thomas limps into the room, spying the scene and looking over Warren's shoulder, reading the paper before he realizes what it is. When Thomas sees the note, he snatches the paper from Warren's hand. I'll go put this in the window so it can dry out, he says, and Warren, still distracted and embarrassed, doesn't say anything, and the paper slowly slips from his mind as he attempts to mop up the remainder of his mess. Then Edward comes in and invites him to join his job that day working on the barn. Warren agrees and they spend the day frolicking, romping in the sun and hammering boards into place and ripping rotted ones down. After a tenuous quiet dinner, the pair retire to the room, where Warren asks a question he hopes Edward can answer. Eddie, what do you like about me? Warren asks as the TV drones on in the background. Edward laughs. Lover, what don't I like about you? Edward chuckles. Seriously, Edward. Warren persists and he leans up, the smile stealing on his lips. Well, I like your sweet outlook, your kindness to me and my family, your lust for life, and your tight, demanding little body. Edward smirks. Warren laughs, resituated in the bed and feeling more confident. And do you know what I like about you? Warren asks, kissing Edward lightly, flipping off the lights. What? Edward asks. I like your duality. I like your protectiveness and your wit, and I think you're so sweet. And it doesn't hurt that you have a tight ass and a huge dick. Warren jokes, palming Edward through his underwear and giggling as the man slides his body against his. 
The night draws to a close with the two of them falling asleep, blood still pumping and skin cooling with sweat. Okay, what do I like about this chapter? I like that we're finally tying up the loose end of the grandfather, the ghost, the spooky, scary ghost. Is there more to be dealt with? Yes, there is. Is it um, still a little messy? Yes. Do we still have to deal with how Thomas met his grandfather kind of posthumously after he was a ghost? Yes, but we'll get to that. But they're already working together. I kind of like in stories where there's parts of it that you don't automatically have all the pieces to. Like, how is it that his grandfather, the ghost, is working with Thomas and not against him? How does he know that Thomas is not a threat? Stuff like that. We'll find that out pretty quick, but I do kind of like having those sorts of things happen. You know, maybe the next night, uh, Warren is explained to how this happened. Um, I also like that I've set a new parameter, which is three days from now is when Thomas gets his cast off, which means three days from now is when Warren falls off of the, um, off of the barn loft, which means he spends two days away from the house, and that's kind of the end of the seven-day period. So the story has about five days left, at least from what we understand, if that is going to be the end of the story. Is it? I don't know. It could be. It could not be. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at how I have a double chin. I made a mistake. I made a lot of mistakes. Shaving my head, mistake dying my beard mistake i'm just full of mistakes today it's fine um i also like that we're continuing with this duality of edward and why warren likes him during the day and why he despises him at night and we're getting a little closer to thomas as the story kind of draws towards its close um but we're not getting those outright sex scenes between like he's not having sex with both brothers not that that wouldn't be interesting but we're just not doing that. That's not what's going on here, um, at least not yet. Maybe, maybe on the last day. I don't know. Maybe there's a prologue where they fornicate like wild animals. I don't know. But I like that we've got some new parameters. We're tying things up. We've got we brought the jeep letter back in or the jeep back into focus, and that kind of stirs a, an anger and a confusion in Warren because the notes indicate that he lives in this dilapidated, broken down place that he sees as beautiful during the day. Um, there were no storms reported in the air. Like there's all these inconsistencies that he's been pointed out, and the reason that the biggest inconsistency was pointed out, which is that the place that he lives is not what he thinks it is is because he broke the rules and he invited someone else onto the property which he's not allowed to do and what i think is even more interesting is that that didn't automatically break the deal it seems like because of the way thomas snatched up the paper and said i'm gonna take this away from lila it seems like it only breaks the deal if someone finds out about it so i like that we've established a bunch of kind of last quarter information that we need um we've still got to tie up the rest of the loose ends as far as how warren gets out does anyone else get out with him if they do how do they get out because it seems like they well we know that they can't leave the the kind of boundary of the property and even if they can they don't survive for very long so how does that work 
we've got a plane going overhead. Did you notice because it was raining, there were no planes flying overhead? So that was nice. No edits needed there. Um, what was I saying? What was I saying? Really, if you look at it, you can't, if you're watching this, you'll see. But if you're not looking and you're just listening, this means nothing. But when my head is tilted down, it looks fine. Like, I can feel that my chin is smooth. But for some reason, I don't know if it's like the way that I shave my beard. Maybe if I shave my beard differently, it would be a different story. But it makes me look like I have a double chin. Not that I don't, but it makes it look bigger. Um, it also makes my eyes look beautiful. But I, those are some things that I really like about this chapter. I will admit it's a shorter chapter. It's just kind of a chapter where we establish a lot of information. Nothing truly exciting happens. His grandfather shows up, and we get to kind of link the, the black figure with his grandfather, even though we kind of knew it was him this whole time but we can link them together now and just say okay the black figure is tied up now we've got the grandfather he just has to his storyline has to finish out as well however it's going to finish um but that's that's kind of what i like about this chapter there are some things that i know i need to work on that i can just kind of tell pacing is obviously one of them it always is um getting something interesting to happen in every chapter or planning my planning my stories out better is probably something that I, I know I need to work on, but I do think I'm doing okay. I do think that, I do think that we're doing pretty good, if I do say so myself, but I'm not going to take up any more of your time. I did make a new little trailer, um, like a new little 60 second, hey, listen to this before you listen to the podcast trailer. And I think it's fun. If you want to listen to it, I would appreciate it. Um, it's not on YouTube. It's just on on like your podcast app, whatever it is. Um, any other news on this end? No, I'm bald now. I want you to know, and this is totally off topic and I'm probably not going to talk much about the story after this. So if that's all you're here for, I'll see you next week. I appreciate you listening. You know that I do. Um, but for anyone who's left, I shave my head like to a three guard. So really short. Um, I've been like fixating really bad on the idea that I'm losing my hair like to the point where every time I brush my hair and you know when you brush your hair hair comes out that's just how it works you lose like 50 to 100 hairs a day um but I'm convinced I'm going bald which you know shaving your head so close to the scalp doesn't really help that notion because you can see your scalp but I just wanted it all off and to see my scalp and let it breathe um, but I've been fixing, fixating on it so badly, like counting the hairs that come out of my head. Like I'm 25 years old and I'm buying anti-balding stuff and no one in my family is bald. No one. To be fair, no one in my family ever gets cancer and my mom got like the worst type of cancer you can get. So maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe this family's generational, generationally getting worse. Um, Luckily, the buck stops here because I'm not making any babies. Uh, well, I keep trying, but it's not working. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Um, that's really what's been going on. It's been a big day for me, a big shave your head day. I know it looks like I'm completely bald, like back here, but I'm not. There's hair like all the way up to here, I think. Yeah, there's hair here and here. It just freaks me out. I've, it freaks me out. I've been bald before. It's nothing crazy. Anyway. 
I appreciate you listening. I'll be back next week. Hopefully next chapter will be a little more filler, but maybe something interesting will happen between Thomas and Warren. That could be fun. That could be new, fun, funky, fresh. Um, Anyway, I have to edit this, so I'll see you next week. I appreciate you listening. I always do. I say it every time, but it bears repeating. So, bye. (laughs) 